0: We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. We're back on track on the floor scoring Morris Morris 94 and the Knicks are hard. uh. You are now listening to the Nick's State of Mind Podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts,
1: Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nick's State of Mind Podcast. I'm Matt Castillo. Of course, Chip Murphy is here with me as well. Uh, Just a quick Note if you were looking for an episode last week, we were not able to record last week. Uh, I, I mentioned before crazy schedule filling in for different shows at my radio station right now, so um, getting back to normal a little bit you know it's a little mixing and matching still mostly I do morning shows, but we are we still have some people out, so I, I've been doing some afternoons as well and Sometimes even double shift. So, um, spent a lot of time over at the radio station last week and uh, at a festival we had here in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. So, um, I apologize for not being able to record last week. But we're back this week and we have plenty on the agenda today. And where we're going to start off is with the news that broke kind of last night that Jeff Hornacek was dismissed from... His head coaching position with the New York Knicks, and really that there's no shock here. Um, so, first off, I, I kind of want to get your opinion on on the two years that Hornacek was here, Chip. Um, you know, Sixty and like one hundred one or something like that. It's a, a terrible record overall. But you know, what what were your thoughts behind the the Hornacek era? Uh, just, I think he'll be forgotten. Eventually,
0: pretty much, you know, he'll he'll be an afterthought. He'll just be like the guy that Phil Jackson hired because the media gave him a bunch of crap about the triangle. So he wanted to look uh, semi OK and hire like a, a not triangle guy, but really like force him to play the triangle anyway. Uh, it was really like an, an unremarkable tenure you know i think jeff is a a a nice guy a really uh, i think he's probably a pretty good coach but he never really stood a chance in his first year because he was being forced to coach uh the way he didn't want a way he didn't want to coach by uh, his boss in a way that quite frankly we'd never seen before in the nba and uh and, and then this year, with a new regime, new front office, new front offices always want to bring in their own head coach. And <clears> – <throat> sorry about that. And uh, then when Porzingis went down, I mean, then they the, – the wheels fell off with the team. They all started losing, understandably. So I think, like you said, 60 and I think it was 104 –
1: Somewhere I think it, the
0: era, the era will be remembered for uh, Car- Carmelo, it being the end of Carmelo's era and the end of the Phil Jackson era. I, I don't think Jeff Hornacek is going to be remembered at all. Really, I think he'll just be remembered as. It sounds mean to say this, but kind of like uh, Phil Jackson's kind of go-between, like kind of his yes man in his first year, and then kind of the guy who was put in, like, a bad spot. A guy who was put in an unfair spot, really. And I don't want to say he never had a chance to succeed, because I I did think he had a a good chance to succeed at the beginning of this year. But then when KP got hurt, uh, he really got, like, kind of a a raw deal. Overall, with his first year coming into it. And it just wasn't a a very good fit. It It was time to move on for both sides I think because like I said new regime new regime should have their own head coach it was like with the Orlando Magic fired Frank Vogel today frank vogel is a very good coach right but it was a new it was a new general manager and new general manager wants to hire their own head coach that's why he was fired i mean they were horrible but it was also because they wanted to bring in their own head coach
1: right and yeah the word you use really unfair, that basically sums up the tenure for uh, Jeff Hornacek. Uh, He never had a shot from the beginning. If you think back Mm to year one, he's running a team that he couldn't even run his own philosophies. He had to do what the the puppet master, Phil Jackson, wanted him to do. Uh, Year two, obviously, Phil Jackson gone. He basically had one year to put in his system and... You know that's just not not enough time, in my opinion. I, I, you know, we talked about this in the beginning of the year because we we knew he was on the hot seat. Um, we knew that <clears throat> his job more than likely could be gone by the end of this year. Uh, we didn't have expectations of them winning a lot. Now I know they got off to that that great start once again, and but. Way before this season started, I know we've talked about it. It was just more than likely he's going to be gone. And I've said I believe that he should, if the league worked in a fair way, he should at least get two years to kind of put his own system in there. But this is the NBA, and fair is not always the case. It's a business. Uh, And like you said, Chip, it was just time to move on. And, yeah, Hornacek is kind of just a little blimp. Um, You know, in, in this recent trend for the really not recent, but this last decade or so of the coaching changes that we have had, uh, you know, and like you said, it's going to be forgotten. You know, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Jeff that coached us for two years uh, type thing because nothing really happened other than drama with Carmelo Anthony and Prisingas getting hurt. I mean, that, that's exactly. really the major headlines here for. Exactly this um the the coaching tenure for hornacek so you know look i and and you touched on this as well that jeff hornacek is a good coach and i think he'll get an opportunity again and i'm hoping that it's an opportunity where he actually has a fighting chance he came over from phoenix where things didn't work for him uh so he hasn't really got a shot i really uh, to to coach a team and you know i I, i'm hoping that he'll get that opportunity because i do think that he is a good coach um but this is the way it is. It's time to move on. Try something else. Um, you know, towards the end there, with his rotation at times, caused you to scratch your head and just not understand everything that um, that was going on. You know, like somebody would drop twenty points, and then they wouldn't like Trey Burke early on would score like seventeen points off the bench, and then he wouldn't play him the next night. Like it, it was weird things like that uh, that just did not make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I, me personally, I like sec but he just, he never had a shot from the beginning. So this is not surprising, obviously. Uh, but where we'll go with this next is there's already names being tossed around uh, for the head coach position. Um, you know, Doc Rivers, um, obviously Mark Jackson, who Mark Jackson's name has been there for the last several years, ever since he's, been fired from Golden State. That he would be the coach of the Knicks. Uh, one that's really cracking me up is the the uh, Jeff Van Gundy rumors that he he may be interested if they come to him. I highly highly doubt that, but you know people get all excited about it when they hear those rumors and things like that come out. Uh, Doc Rivers is another name, um, and Chip, you probably know a few more as well. So. With all these rumors coming around, it, these head coaches that may be available, some of the names that we have heard recently, and I know we kind of touched on who we want the coach, or who we would want for the next to hire if they fired Hornacek. We did that a few weeks ago, but now there's actual some names. The, the job is open. Uh, who are some of the guys that you've been hearing, and then who would you like to take over this team it, it, with the names that we've been hearing?
0: Yeah. Uh, One more quick thing on Hornacek. I don't want people to think that we're portraying him as some sort of victim, though. I I just, yeah, like he gave, in my opinion, he gave Perry, Scott Perry and Steve Mills, like no reason at all to not bring in their own guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he didn't he didn't prove anything this year or last year that should have prevented them from doing this. I just wanted to make that.
1: Right. Clear in That's case a good point that yeah.
0: like. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Um anyway, you said in terms of uh head coaching candidates, uh a couple of the Ian Begley from ESPN uh reported, which I think uh is probably where you were looking at for your candidates because you got the Van Gundy one. Right. Um the some of the names that he printed out were uh, obviously the David Fisdale candidate. is gonna be a candidate for probably every job that recently fired Memphis Grizzlies head coach. Uh, I'm sure the Milwaukee Bucks are going to look at him uh, probably, or maybe the new Orleans Pelicans job will open up. Uh, if that happens, uh, a surprising candidate there, uh, Jerry Stackhouse, was okay, mentioned. Yes. uh, the G League coach for the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. I think that would be pretty interesting. Um, like you said, Uh, The Van Gundy thing, Um, (laughs) I don't think that's a possibility. I don't think Van Gundy would ever work for James Dolan again. I'm not sure if James Dolan would ever want Van Gundy. Um, I know certain Knicks fans um, are super high on the Mark Jackson idea. Um, If you watch uh, Stephen A. on television, Stephen A. Smith, you would think that hiring Mark Jackson would mean the championship is coming to the team next year. Um, I think it's a huge mistake to hire a legendary former player and expect it to work. I just think, look he he's probably a fine coach, but there's a reason that nobody has wanted to hire him for these last uh, what is it, four or five years that he's been out of the game. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, go ahead, buddy. I
1: I, I'm, I just agree with you right there. You know that. Mark Jackson is loved by so many Nick fans and I mean don't get me wrong if he was hired whatever at this point I don't care it don't, it don't matter who the coach is we don't have the talent we don't have the owner that's the main, the main thing it don't matter as long as Dolan and we talked about this several times during the offseason no matter who you bring as a coach uh the owner's an idiot so yeah you, yeah, <laughs> you yeah know I'm what looking, i mean? yeah Yeah,
0: well, as long as Dolan stays out of basketball operations, I'm okay. And Perry kind of runs things in the shadows, and Mills, uh, I'm sure Mills will want to have final say, but as long as he lets Perry continue to run things on a day-to-day basis, that seems like it's going to be a good thing. Um, David Blatt's name is on there, which uh, I know some Knicks fans are going to be like, oh, LeBron hated him, why would we want him? David Blatt... It seemed it was actually a pretty good coach and was well regarded. And uh, Brian Windhorse said on the jump today that uh, the Cavs never would have hired David Blatt if they knew LeBron was coming back. He was actually supposed to be the coach of a rebuilding team with the Cavs. So maybe he'd be a good fit for a rebuilding team in New York. I don't know. I, I like the idea of Jerry Stackhouse, G League coach. He's coached young guys. Uh, I like that idea. Monty Williams, um, he's an assistant. He's worked with a lot of young players, obviously, being an assistant coach. He's been a head coach before. Uh, there's uh, a couple guys that I – there's one guy here that I have never heard of, but uh, uh, according to Ian Begley, he's well-respected around the NBA. Uh, David Vanterpool, uh, he works with the uh, Portland Trailblazers – And he's well. He uh, he's credited for playing a role in the development of uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. And uh, he's with the Portland Trail Blazers. He's a big player development guy, and uh, that would be huge for the Knicks right now. But uh, I I like the idea of a guy who's going to be a player development guy. And uh, then there's two Spurs guys like to the job. So that guy, uh, I think we talked about him before Hornacek was hired. Uh, Ettore Messina, okay. you remember him? Yes. Yeah, he's always link- he was linked to the Nets job before Atkinson got hired. Um, look, I, I'm I'm working on a, a column or a piece right now, and it's called uh, it's about how the Knicks don't need to make a uh, big name hire to be successful. You know, we don't need to make a splash like with Mark Jackson and. I know that you talk about laughable rumors with the with the Jeff Van Gundy thing, the whole thing about how they're going to reach out to Jay Wright is oh gosh yes Ill, oh gosh. is equally is equally if not more laughable
1: right so that's that's that yeah is, yeah Jay Wright's leaving Villanova yeah. which is becoming a dynasty in college basketball for for the next yes that's
0: yeah happen. exactly
1: it makes sense I mean which that,
0: he could be fired in three years
1: right uh, no he, <laughs> no he'll stay right where he is. Um, I could see Jay Wright becoming like Coach K's replacement at Duke or something—a bigger school like that, a better job like that, and make million, millions more than coming to coach for the crappy Knicks. Um, We're
0: turning Villanova into another Duke, exactly.
1: And he's already kind of doing that. Um, yeah, exactly. Which in all reality, if he was interested, I mean, that would be great. But I don't think I, I wouldn't even—I don't even get. My hopes up for thoughts about that because it's not even worth it. Um, he, he's no. he's going to stay where he's at. Um, I think
0: he was interested in the Sixers at one point, but now that job ain't going to be open. No, so
1: no, yeah, yeah. Brown's got that job for quite a while. Um, yeah. I would say another name I've been hearing, and I, I said this: the coaches I would like to see get hired, uh, Doc Rivers, uh, and he's not sure if he'll be back with the Clippers. I don't I honestly don't think he will. I think it's time for him to get out of there. Now I understand when you're saying, well what makes the Knicks job any any better? Uh it it doesn't. It you know, but he played for the Knicks at one point as well. Uh not nothing wrong with reaching out to him and seeing because the guy has won everywhere he's gone. No you know, in, in LA, yeah, he had some championship caliber teams that always seemed to uh fizzle out in the playoffs you know with the the big three that they have with Paul Griffin and and DeAndre Jordan but the point is way before his big three in the Celtics when he all he had was Paul Pierce he consistently was a playoff team uh so I think he's a winning coach I would like for him or at least if he becomes available for the Knicks to attempt to I don't know if he'll be interested in coming to the Knicks but um, that, that's one guy for sure that, that I'm interested in filling that position. And again, I do, it's kind of weird with like Mark Jackson because there's a part of me that would love it because there's certain things about him that I think he would be great for. Like number one, I don't think the, the laziness on defense, I don't, I don't think Mark Jackson would tolerate that. I mean, he wouldn't, you know, I think the way he played is the way that he would coach. And I think players would respond to that, but at the same time, I do know how he really—he didn't have, you know, an effective offensive philosophy with Golden State, and that's why Golden State. Now, people can say that they were they were on the rise and they weren't ready to win the championship when Mark Jackson got there, and then Steve Kerr comes in, and all of a sudden they were ready. I'm not, I'm not buying that. Um, you know, I, I think. There was a reason why they didn't win. The talent was always there, and I think part of it was offensively it didn't fit that style of team. But defensively, and, and exactly. this is what I heard, Mark
0: Jackson, Mark Jackson never would have switched to that Mike D'Antoni style of
1: right. defense. Right, yeah, never. And, and I think that's why Golden State kind of they were they were solid, but they were not a championship team with them. Now, and I also heard that. The Knicks um, have said today that their next coach are looking for a defensive-minded guy. That's another interesting aspect of it. So don't get me wrong; yes. I, I, it's not that I don't like Mark Jackson, but I'm not going to sit here like people make it seem like he, if he's hired, he's the savior of the Knicks. Like he's going to come in and just change things. And I'm not too yes. sure about that. I, I mean, I'll be I'll be willing to give him a chance. I'd be happy if he was the coach, but I'm not sold necessarily that he's going to take us out of the dump. Uh would you would do you think that's would you agree with that?
0: Hundred percent agree. That's what I was saying before when I was talking about Stephen A. Let's not right. forget look, I think he did a good job at Colton State, but let's not forget he also had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So I mean I think he's like I said, think he's a good coach. Also had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Right. Um next year, at least for the first part of the year, he won't have Chris Asporzingis. So, I mean, the idea of the guy who coached Steph Curry coaching Frank is interesting um, because we know Steph gives a lot of credit to Mark Jackson whenever he's asked about him. So that's nice. But, um, yeah, like you mentioned, Mark Jackson's offense, that was an issue in Golden State. Right. But, but. Our defense has been an issue for the last 15 years. So uh, a defensive coach is preferable. And Mark Jackson is a defensive coach. But uh, what we don't want is another offense that is run like it is 1994. And Mark Jackson did not like these uh, up-tempo offenses. And that's, like you said, one of the reasons why he was run out of town in Golden State.
1: And we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to change up topics. Um, you know, this is the big news, obviously, today, starting right off the bat with, with Hornacek being dismissed. Uh, and now, you know, we're in a coaching search once again. You know, this is hopefully whoever we choose will be the right one because we keep changing coaches like we change our underwear and, doesn't seem to help. I hope so. so yep. uh, absolutely. So we'll take a break. We'll come right back. When we do, we're going to talk about Jarrett Jack and the impact that he had for the Knicks this season.
0: Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at @ChipperMurphy
1: everybody and welcome back to the next State of Mind podcast in segment one. We got into the coaching surge uh, with Hornacek being fired. Now we're going to kind of translate it back to the, the players. Uh, and a guy over the course of this season, to me, I think it, very special uh, of a player. I think the world of this guy, especially now, you know, I thought we started with a solid player, but him being on this team for the year and... and the way he's handled things, Um, and of course I'm talking about uh, Jarrett Jack, uh, the veteran point guard that was signed by the team as the only player who didn't have a guaranteed contract and obviously made the roster and became the starting point guard for us. Um, And We we know all that already, but as the Knicks got into the youth movement towards the end of the season when they were out of it and and not playing for anything and they went to the younger guys, uh, Jack's minutes they were gone. He, he didn't touch the floor at all. And I, for one, was just extremely impressed by the way he handled it. You know, a true professional, a guy that was playing big minutes for him and all of a sudden not touching the court. And a lot of people and a lot of players that have that kind of situation do not handle it as well as Jared Jack does, and they, they become a problem. Look at Joakim Noah through a, a, a tantrum because he couldn't get any minutes well it's because you suck um so that's why you don't get any minutes uh, you just need to retire my friend uh but jared jack never complained m- remained like a mentor to the younger players um they, they had him mic'd up constantly as he was he was uh always coaching these younger guys always cheering them on he was like the biggest cheerleader out there and then at the end of the season the last few games, he got some minutes again, and he just stayed ready and came out and played very well. Um, and I, 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 for one, have just been very impressed. And he, he became one of my favorite players just because of the way that he handled it all. Uh, I, I was very impressed by his professionalism. And the Knicks were very lucky to have him on the roster. And, and Chip, I, I want to have your thoughts now on what Jared Jack brought to this team this season.
0: He brought a willing passer at the point guard position, something that they didn't have last year with Derrick Rose. It was nice to see. It was nice to see Chris Sports ingus get that. You know, uh, I have the numbers here in front of me. Uh, Derrick Rose played uh, almost 500 more minutes last season than Jarrett Jack played this season. And Jared Jack had 65 more assists with the Knicks this year than Derek Rose did last year. I mean, that's that's just crazy, you know. Uh, Jared Jack uh, led the Knicks in assists, uh, even though he, like you said, he stopped playing uh, after the. Uh, all, I think it was after the All Star break, right? Yeah. I think he just stopped playing. Yeah. Uh, Five point six assists per game. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see uh, a willing passer. We we heard all offseason season long how they wanted a mentor for Frank, and uh, that's what they got. They were lucky enough to get that. Uh, like you said, he was a cheerleader for everyone. He was especially a cheerleader for Frank. Uh, you he could there was no one he could learn better from than Jared Jack. You think about all the teams that guys played on. I mean, jeez, I I think it's like what. He's played on seven teams, I think. (laughs) I think the Knicks were his eighth team. Yeah, yeah, the Knicks were his eighth team. Um, And, yeah, I doubt he'll be back next year because I think he played so well that he's probably earned the right to go out and look for, not necessarily a starting spot, but a place where he can get good minutes on maybe even a competitor because he's going to be 35 next year. He probably wants to play for a title. So I doubt he wants to play uh, mentor again, but uh, it was great to have him there for Frank, for Chris Dobbs, for uh, Trey Burke. Uh, It was just good to have him there for those guys, like you said. And uh, for a long time there, they were at their best when they had that lineup of uh, Jack, Lee, Hardaway, Porzingis and Cantor on the floor. When they had those guys out there, they were outscoring teams by 9.2 points per 100 possessions. I mean, that was their best lineup by far. So, I mean, they still struggled on defense. But on offense, they were scoring 115.7 points per 100 possessions. That's a lot of points. You know, and a lot of that was due to Jack because he found those guys in the right spots. And look, he... He did, I'm not sure uh Ennis cantor has the year he has unless he's playing with Jared Jack
1: Perzinggus as well Perzingis got off to that great start yeah. and you can just see yeah. the chemistry right away yeah Jack yeah. just fed him and fed him in, in positions where he he can score and not have to work so hard for his shot that's that's another uh, thing and it's funny because you you know you bring up the stats about passing and on the way home today. Um I was listening to uh the Dan Patrick show. Right. Dan Patrick was talking about the Knicks this season, obviously talking about Hornesack being fired. But he said, Man, he said you know, usually with bad teams, you, you find teams that don't that don't have any ball movement or anything. He says, I watched a lot of Knicks games this year and I felt like there was ball movement and I think that was contagious because of Jarrett Jack and and his willing to pass and share the basketball, and I think that Absolutely. kind of becomes contagious. Think back when we won fifty-four games. Uh, I think it was fifty-four games, two thousand thirteen, um, where you know Jason Kidd came in, that ball moved. The ball became uh, it wasn't stagnant, and if it did, he got inserted to the game and shared the ball, and you can see how that becomes contagious. So it's very interesting that you bring up uh, the way that he he passed the basketball because others have noticed it. Uh, now he didn't give Jared Jack the same credit that we're doing, but you know, and those are numbers that tell it all right there. Just a, a willing passer, and man, I, the Knicks definitely needed a player like him this season. I, I think as well, and Chip, uh, you, you know, I, I think having him on this team, uh, this and this, this Knicks team never quit. I'll say that they never quit. They could have no. tanked. And I, I think having a player like Jarrett Jack kind of helped keep uh, – kept everything together when Przingis goes down uh, and and how that impacted the team. I think in just one year, I think he was a leader of this team. Would you agree with that?
0: Absolutely. Well, having so many guys like Jared Jack, having guys who are playing four contracts with a chip on their shoulder, like having a guy like Beasley on a one-year contract and having a guy like Burke who – is going to be back next year based on his performance, but was playing to try and show out for the entire season. And then having a guy like uh, Ennis Cantor, who's looking for a bigger deal, having all those guys who have every incentive to dominate down the stretch, no matter the record, that really helps with the team trying to play their best basketball. And the fact that Tim Hardaway wasn't exactly dominating down the stretch (laughs) was pretty showing. But, uh, look, you look at the guys who were playing their best basketball. It was always Beasley out there. Uh, Lance Thomas, as we know, is always 110% regardless of what Knicks fans on Twitter may think of him. But yeah, I think Jared Jack always kind of led that charge. And even when he was out, I think Frank Milikina kind of took up that mantle. Um, Mm -hmm the Knicks were just better when he was on the court and he probably fed off of what Jack was teaching him and just Jack's energy from the bench. And when the Knicks were at their best, when when Frank and Burke were on the court together. So, and I think uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, Jarrett Jack. So.
1: Yeah. And for me, I just say that having Jack on this team, you um, it just it it, it it definitely was a nice, pleasant surprise right from the start. Um, the guy came in and just did a tremendous job, and I, I'm happy to speak. You know, he's going to be 35 years old, and I hope that people around the league paid attention to the kind of person that he is. And he should have an opportunity, I believe, next year to, to have a contract where he doesn't have to come in and fight for a job um, and should be a part or possibly a contender. And I, I think he deserves that, uh, a very special player that he is. Uh, because again, you go from playing all the time to not touching the floor. And we and I used Joakim Noah as the example, and you can see how that worked. That's how people usually handle that kind of situation. But uh, Jack certainly did not and uh, handled his best, or, or you know, the, a perfect role model how to handle that situation and a great mentor. We talked about mentoring young point guards way back in, in the early part of the season. We said that's probably what he's going to do just for camp and then be gone. And then he ended up making the team and just a, a huge uh, aspect of the team in the sense of being a mentor to those young guys. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and wrap up this segment. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with our, our our final thoughts of really about this past season. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everybody. Matt Costello here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Welcome back. Final segment of the Knicks State of Mind Podcast. We're going to wrap up the show with our final thoughts on this entirety of this whole season chip. So I'm going to start with you. Sum it up. Sum up this, this next season.
0: My thoughts on this season are my first thought, Please, God, let Kristoffs be okay. (laughs) My my second thought is it was nice to see him be living up to the hype. Yes. If only for a short while. Uh, I believe it was 48 games. Uh, And like I said, please, God, let him be okay. I'll say (laughs) that twice just for good measure.
1: Everybody's Um, thinking that. Everybody. Yeah. You're you're not (laughs) alone
0: yeah um i think the only the overwhelming thing that we can think the only real think thing that we can think is just worry about just hope everything's okay with porzingis right always hope everything's okay with porzingis like not just not just on the court with his health and his um with his health and his play but Off the court, too, and hope that he's okay with the front office and that he's okay with the next coach. I know it's only been three seasons, but it's the NBA, and I'd really like it if they ran the next coach by him. I think it would be the smart move, especially given his relationship with Steve Mills. You know, I know he's 22 and he's only played three years and he's been injury prone, but you don't really want to rock the boat. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I think hiring a guy without talking to him first is rocking the boat. Um, and I know some Knicks some, – the fact that some Knicks fans are like out on Porzingis drives me crazy. That's another thought I have for the season. The fact that Knicks fans are like out on Porzingis and think he's a, a bum now. I, I just want to scream every time I see that take. But, um, yeah, my, most of my thoughts are about Porzingis. Um, a couple of them, I guess, Frank Nilekina, Uh We saw flashes, and it was pretty much exactly what we thought he would be, you know, a, a nice role player. Um, I think everybody predicted he'd be, like, hopefully like a, a Rondo Rubio type, and that's kind of what we saw. Uh, his jump shot got better as the season went on. Uh, never going to be a scorer. We didn't think he was going to be a scorer. Hopefully he's like a like a rondo type, like a 12, 14 point scorer. Right. I think he has the has the ability to average like ten assists though. And he already is a really good and can be a great defender. Um just has to be just has to foul less. He's a teenager. He fouls too much. Exactly. But he'll he'll get used to the game. Um and then uh Damian Dotson. That's my other that's my last thought, Damian Dotson. Wow, he looked excellent. Yes. down the stretch yeah. when he finally got minutes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to those three guys playing together next year. Burke, uh, Dotson, and Frank.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll start with kind of like when you talked about Porzingis living up to the hype. Uh, he also hit that wall. And yeah, I, trust me, I'm not about to say what some fans are saying that oh, we need to trash him. No, that's not, not where I'm going with it. Where I'm going with it is I think that somebody else is going to have to emerge a, as a scorer because it came clear that Brzingis was the only one you know, eff- effectively scoring each night. Defense changed some things on him. They changed the way they cover him, and he hit that wall, and it was nobody can help him really get back going. And I think a part of it was also just him still being young, still not being mature, settling for shots when he just needed to get back to what he was doing early on in the season, which was attack, 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 instead of settling. Um, But also at the same time, I think to take some pressure off of him, somebody, Tim Hardaway Jr., we we talk about that contract. Again, it's not that we don't like Tim Hardaway Jr. It's we need better production from him uh, consistently. You know, he has stretches where he looks great. He has stretches where he can't buy a bucket and somebody else is gonna have to emerge as a scorer for this team to help present us out that that's one thing that I'm looking at for next season
0: yeah Tim hardaway we know this for sure after we'll see tim hardaway is not a second option on a team
1: and, and that's the money he he's is getting too he there. is too
0: streaky he yeah. is too streaky
1: and but that's the money he's getting to be that kind of productive yeah. guy and it, it, it's just not there it, it's it's He needs to perform better and help out Brazingas next season. And I also will say that um, you know the young guys as well as Damian Dotson, you mentioned him at the end, and he was very impressive at the end. That's a guy I think next year may not still play a big role for the team, but I think he's a guy that can really develop into a nice piece. I was very high on him once we drafted him. It was nice to see him have some moments there at the end of the year uh, and I'm actually going to give Frank Neil Aquinas some credit. Uh, I'm very hard on him and everybody already knows why um, but I'm also very fair and if he deserves a little bit of credit I, I dish it out to him. I thought he played very well the last like, week, week and a half and, and it provided a little bit of hope. With him, and hopefully he could continue. Yeah, to who grow. would have thought?
0: Who would have thought the coach gives him minutes and he plays well? Yeah, I mean, and I think wow, you know what he responded, crazy
1: He responded very well to um, you know I, I think a rocky first start because he 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 struggled. <laughs> I mean, other guys he basically had an opportunity chip before uh, Trey Burke got that starting role to emerge, and he didn't. He really he still was mediocre, and that opened the door for. Uh, Trey Burke to start and I know Neil Aquino still was part of the starting rotation but he wasn't getting those big minutes I know Moutier who uh, got hurt and uh, not that I'm cheering that he got hurt but it was really the best thing for us because it's obvious he sucks and there's no business there's no point of him being out there Um, so it allowed Neil Aquino to get more minutes and I thought he did a very good job and really played well down the stretch and hopefully again that continues on and You know, overall, this season was once again. It started off on a high note. You know, I kept alluding to that. I don't know. I just, I just, I have a feeling that this is the same thing that we've seen the last couple of years. And sure enough, that was the case. You know, when and we were talking about Hardaway when he was hurt, could he recover and help this team come back? And it just, it just spiraled so out of control. And the way he was so streaky all year, it didn't look promising. Uh, so overall, I, I think the team never gave up. Every everybody played hard. Uh, you know, part of you would likes that, but I'm at the point where I just want better draft picks. So they won a few games there at the end there that they they should have lost. Uh, that you know, I know I sound like a horrible, awful fan, but to get out of the rut, not to me, you don't. Yeah, I mean, we won the final game against Cleveland. I don't know why. I, I just, I don't understand it. Um, but God. again, uh, this team has a no-quit effort. They just, they weren't talented. That's really what it came down to. They played hard. They just weren't talented. Uh, so when you see things like that, uh, and sometimes with these young guys, Chip, they come in without really knowing, you know, any better. They just, they'll just play. And sometimes you walk into some wins like that, and that's the case this year. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a, an off season, another long off season, and hopefully the Knicks start making uh, smart moves, and uh, we can get out of the dumpster because I'm tired of being in the dumpster. But we're going to wrap up this show. Um, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Next Data Mind Podcast.